What's up, writers and weavers? Jenny and Katrina here. We're just a couple of authors and magic seekers looking to have some fun. Join us in our ramblings about all things fantasy, paranormal fiction, and magical realism. Whether you're an aspiring novelist or a best-selling author, this podcast is for you. Our goal is to help you iron out your fantasy world and open up the floor to a weird and witchy conversation. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, writers and weavers, to episode three of Writing the Broomstick podcast. Uh, We are talking today about what kind of witch is your fantasy character? And I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Should Should we tell everyone that this is our second time around recording? Well, yeah, I mean, since you brought it up. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we we recorded this and then the audio messed up, so here we are again. And I still want to talk about this disclaimer, which is that we are talking about witches, but we have purposely left out witches from specific cultures. I mean, it, well, we talk a little bit about them, but... Um, what we want to say is that if you are a writer and you are talking about a witch from a particular culture or spiritual practice, um, we strongly suggest that you do your research like it's going out of style. Do not be lazy <laughs> with your research. Do not just uh, do not be satisfied with Wikipedia information alone. Read from scholarly sources, particularly particularly from voices that come from that specific cultural group. So basically, write like you're trying to convince someone from that culture that your character belongs in that culture. Absolutely well said. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Um, And uh, just so you all know, we will be doing an episode on the very nature of witchcraft and the word witch at some point in the season, because there's just so much to say on both those topics. Yes, I'm super excited about that. That might be a really long one. Yeah, probably be a two-part thing. Yes intense okay well now we're just going into sort of witchy types um but before we even get into the list let's talk a little bit about the witch archetype or even the witch stereotype um Mm -hmm. and you and i both um respect witches in general so this is probably why we want to talk about this um so what is a witch archetype in literature it's that whole good versus bad the shadow side there are uh, only all good witches or only all bad witches. Witches are typically viewed of uh, viewed as old and wise or old and malevolent. Um, witches often live on the fringes of society. They're outcasts for not conforming to patriarchal views of femininity or feminine fragility. Um, so the witch knows her mind, but the price she pays for her autonomy is ugliness. So she couldn't possibly be both desirable and powerful at the same time. If she is beautiful, it's often the case that she's wearing a mask or of some sort to seduce young, unsuspecting men into her den. Um, and she's often seen as the antithesis of the mother figure. Uh, so children are not safe around her. They go missing. Babies and animals are sacrificed. So the witch often represents death or the crone figure. Whereas the mother represents life, nurturing, fertility. God, no wonder witch has such a bad connotation. I it's know. like ugh. I think we have Disney to thank for a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, don't sue us, Disney. Yeah, we love you, <laughs> we Disney. love a lot of your other stuff. 
<laughs> but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So case in point, um, in Portuguese, the word madrasta means both stepmother and evil woman or witch. So that is such a good pronunciation, by the way. Oh, I thank so, you. Congratulations. <laughs> You're getting so good. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes, that yes. is the witch stereotype. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, be sure not to strictly follow the witch or at all <laughs> the witch archetype down to the letter uh, to the point where your character becomes like a kind of caricature. Um, we're in a modern age. We, we know more things. <laughs> there is the Internet. There are groups that you can interview actual witches if you're really interested in the culture and in... Um, in the practice and just kind of mix some stuff in there that um, that will convince your reader that your character isn't just exactly that, some archetype, yeah. like archetypal uh, character. Oh my God, your dog is really going nuts oh in the God. background there, Jen. I'm trying to like <laughs> will her to shut up. <laughs> well, the listeners will just recognize. <laughs> Which dog is it now? It's Who's Hazel. Barking? It's mine. It's Hazel. <laughs> Guys, she has like how many dogs and cats and... Three, pigs and chickens? Three dogs, two cats, <laughs> two chickens, and a dog that visits us every day. Aww. Yeah. You're going to adopt him soon? I hope so, but my mom will probably kill me if I mention it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in more animals. Yeah. <laughs> like if I had a bigger place, I'd, I'd have more bunnies, that's for sure. Aww. I mean, yeah. Okay, I guess we should move on. Okay. <laughs> but I guess it kind of ties in because we have so many familiars, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Yeah, so back to just, you know, doing your research and expanding your understanding of what a, what a witch is. And um, make sure your characters have some depth and flaws and blind spots, just like regular people. Yeah. Um, on that note, we challenge everyone listening who is a writer of fantasy to move beyond this witch archetype um, because archetypes aren't necessarily real characters they're more just like the embodiment of a set of ideals so it just i don't know maybe that's just lazy writing like just do your research mm -hmm. get get beyond these stereotypes and go for gold love it so some examples of these archetypal witches uh very obviously the wicked witch of the west mm -hmm. um even glenda the good witch because she's just like too good yeah <laughs> it's like relax yeah <laughs> The witch in Hansel and Gretel, because um, who doesn't want to just, you know, eat children? Yeah. Is that the whole thing there? She just, she wants to eat yeah. them, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yummy. Yum. Uh, stepmothers and children's fairy tales. That's, yeah, that's like yeah. basically embodiment of a witch. There I you guess. go. The witches in Hocus Pocus, as much as we love, love and them. adore them. <laughs> Let's just leave this one out. You know what? They're an exception because yeah. they're so lovable. Amazing. And they are purposely, I think, stereotypical. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, just genius. There's there's going to be a second one, by the way, and I'm I know. super excited. I know. It's so amazing. Yes. And I think that's it for this list. Okay. Perfect. So let's get into the first um, witch type, which um, is the traditional or folk witch. Um, so there are many names for this type of witch out there. Uh, cunning folk, soothsayers, seers, a wise man, a wise woman, white witch, dark witch, midwives, even sorcerers, sorceresses, healers, etc. 
Okay, so their powers are often viewed um, as hereditary. So, and a lot of times in literature, it's often the seventh-born child who is imbued with uh, the most powers. Others claim that these powers were bestowed upon them by other supernatural beings such as fairies. Uh, case in point, Prospero in Shakespeare's The Tempest, who is aided by Ariel. Uh, anyway, uh, here are some possible signs your character might be a folk witch. So number one, there is a family history of witchy practices, whether inherent or taught. Number two, they are usually sought out to find something or someone that is lost or stolen. Other signs they might be a folk witch are um, if they have healing powers, the, these can be either supernatural or remedial. So they'll just like whip it up with some other local, uh, with some local herbs or spices that they have hanging in their eclectic kitchen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make some tonics and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll use divination to see into someone's future through uh, either tarical Oh, <laughs> I just made something up. I was going I like to say tarot. Yeah, tarot or oracle cards, and it just became tarical, and I think I'm just going to trademark that yeah. on air right now. On air, as if I'm on free. <laughs> I don't know. Virgin Radio, Montreal. Okay. <laughs> yes, tarical. So tarot and oracle cards, tea leaves. Uh, which I've always been interested in. I gotta yeah. look into that. Bones and ceremony. I'm gonna say yes. Uh, so that's using wax mm. in cold water, and then I guess deciphering uh, what the, the shape of the wax yeah. looks like, and if there are symbols there. It's beautiful. It. I love that. Mm -hmm. So much, so much room for. You know, self destruction. <laughs> like, doesn't that look like? Doesn't that look like my neighbor? <laughs> and he's out to kill me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> they could use their powers to determine if someone has been cursed or who did the cursing. Obviously, it's the neighbor. It's always yes. the neighbor. Yeah. This last one likely opens the doors to all sorts of vindictive accusations yeah. and. Is, this actually makes me think of a of a story of a witch in in Scotland who was obviously wrongly accused by a neighbor yeah. who just like felt like accusing her of witchcraft for absolutely no reason and um, she died um, before even being burned. Anyway, that's a sad wow. story. But just to say, yeah, just because I read up on it and sort of kind of weaved it into my second book because I, I thought it was so poignant and important and. Anyway, so yeah, that sort of thing. There um, you go. Yeah. And uh, to some extent, I guess, folk witches. What do you think of Diana from A Discovery of Witches? Um, I, I think she's a sh smorgasbord, if you will, of yeah. witch, witchy types because I see elemental. Yeah. And, oh man, I'm trying to remember. She's just very she all-powerful. That's a horrible yeah, sentence. Yeah, she's but. special. She's a weaver, so I guess she encompasses. Yes. Diana encompasses all. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Deborah Harkness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I also see Circe um, from the book Circe and Greek mythology as a folk witch, but she's obviously way more powerful because she's also a deity. Hmm. There, that there's Juniper in Wise Child and Morgan Le Fay from many versions of the Arthur stories. And, of course, 
I'm reading this now, so that's why I had to include it. But most of the characters from the Once and Future Witches. Um, and then, of course, there's Hermione Granger and everyone else. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a tough one because Harry Potter is its own kind of category. And, I mean, if we're talking about hereditary, I guess Hermione isn't. I mean, she's muggle-born, so perhaps not her. But are they all kind of folk witches? They all practice a lot of the stuff we just said. Yeah. Um, I know I, a lot of these characters defy these categories. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Let's move on from the Potterverse. I think it's its its, its own thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Kitchen Witch. So many people's favorites because it's just so much fun. <laughs> not to be confused with the... Um, the kitchen or cottage witch doll that you might find in some Scandinavian kitchens to ward off bad spirits. Is that something you've heard of? Um, only, re- only when researching this episode, which is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, no, I had never really heard of that. So I guess that's, a, that's a, another thing. Um, no, so we're talking about the kitchen witch. Um, and as you probably guessed, this is a witch or wizard that whips up magical intent in their cooking. Oh, love it. And yeah, they're more than just really a cook. Their recipe books are like their grimoires. Um, they have a strong knowledge of plant medicine. They likely use ingredients from their own garden. Oh. And yeah, oh, isn't that isn't that amazing? Yeah. Just like go in your backyard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Take everything you need. <laughs> <laughs> or closet kitchen witches, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your character might be a kitchen witch if they're passionate and take people on emotional journeys with every bite. That's so beautiful. Mm. No, they know how to make uh, healing teas and broths. Of course. And uh, cooking is seen as, as alchemy, really. Um, are you reminded of, like, your own grandmother when you read this? Because... <laughs> um, more my mom, because she's just, mm. like, she doesn't really follow recipes. She just goes by feel. And yes. just, there's just something so tactile about it with her. And it just, it's like watching her cast spells when she when she's in the kitchen. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, everything you just said just made me think of my grandmother. Yeah. And that's exactly. And I'm sure so many uh, Mediterranean grandmothers, like, were Italian. So, like, you, there's no recipes. There's just, like, if you ask her how she made something, it's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't put anything in there. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and that's all you're getting, people. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I'd love to I'd love to see her cook. And then I'd love to eat something that she made me. <laughs> same, same with your mother. They should meet. Yeah. Well, what are some examples of... Ch- uh, oh, I was going to say chicken witch. Of kitchen witches. <laughs> okay, some examples of chicken witches. <laughs> okay. Some examples of... Uh, Kitchen Witch, mm. Vienne Rocher in Chocolat, Tita de la Garza, I didn't pronounce that very well, I'm sorry, in Like Water for Chocolate, Emoni Santiago in With the Fire on High, Isabella from the film Woman on Top, and Amanda from the film Simply Irresistible. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, what's next? The next... <laughs> Oh, well, we, we sort of touched upon this with Diana, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Elemental Witch. Mm-hmm. Love this. Now, that's that's a dream. Like That's power, baby. Wanna... Yes, exactly. <laughs> so those are uh, 
uh, an elemental witch is someone who aligns themselves with the uh, divine powers of nature and the elements of the earth, of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And I'm only laughing because your dog keeps barking in the background. She's driving me crazy. Hey, Hazel. Oh my God. And she knows she's like fully outside, like way past the door. That's how loud she is. I know. She's so, she's so in, um, what's the word? Um, imposing. She is. And she's like <laughs> the sweetest, fluffiest golden retriever, but she sounds like a Doberman. Ah, I love Hazel. All right. So some witches will go even deeper and identify with just one of the elements. Um, they'll like if they feel particularly drawn to water or or fire, uh, they'll work mostly with that element. And um, there's also deities associated with each element, so so they can uh, like they'll possibly worship a specific specific deity or maybe have like their their statue on their altar. And it's just so interesting because like if I'm thinking of of a fantasy story or paranormal fiction or and your character's a witch mm. and they're they work with a specific deity it's just like an interesting little bit of information and yeah and character development and like even making that deity like real in your, Ooh la in la. your story like there's just a lot of possibilities so okay. i thought i'd mention that okay um an elemental witch can work with things in nature associated with their elements such as crystals stones herbs and aspects of nature like rivers trees uh, caves wind lightning Mm. really whatever okay it really comes down to connecting with the elements so it can simply mean sitting outside on a windy day meditating or taking a walk in the rain um even lighting a candle or practicing just like grounding techniques okay these are all ways your your character can um connect with the elements and that's so nice. Like it's so old school. Like you're just you're just using what's around you, and you're just getting like almost charging your energy with with that. So, what are some examples uh, of elemental witches? I guess besides Diana. Yeah. Okay. We also have uh, Melisandre in a Song of Ice and Fire series. Uh, there's again Diana, and then Nancy from The Craft. So next on our list is the Hedge Witch or Green Witch, which I love. Okay, so the word green is your first clue as to where this kind of witch draws her powers or his powers. Um, You will find the Green Witch frolicking barefoot in the grass, nurturing relationships with wild animals, and getting her hands dirty (laughs) in the soil. Okay, I'm going to stop. Um, he or she has a strong connection and devotion to local deities as well as Mother Nature, Gaia, Demeter, Asintma, Prithvi, Ostara, Yord, Pachamama, <laughs> the Orishas, and whatever deity she has a connection with or he has a connection with. And I'm very sorry if I mispronounced those those names back there. Um, he or she knows uh, their way around essential oils, crystals, and plants, and he or she, I should pro- okay, I'm just going to say they. They yeah. are probably an herbalist. Um, they know their way around a garden. They know they know how to heal you with um, wild plants. Mm. Um, so, again, they're the person to go to if you're looking for a natural remedy. Um, your character might be a green witch if they live in the countryside and they take, they spend a lot of time in nature and they're rejuvenated by it. Um, this is likely a path of a solitary witch. So if your character 
she's kind of like a maverick or he's kind of like a maverick and lives on their own in the middle of the woods that 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 checks out for me um so a green witch or hedge witch can will likely understand or predict weather patterns um has a profound reverence and respect for things like storms and hail and rain and thunder and lightning um, why is that why is there such a con- connection with elemental magic i think it's because they view nature itself as a deity so they have mm. a profound respect for it i feel I like assume. that's all witches yeah but yeah i mean yeah no, you're right you're right too okay <laughs> oh my god i love you we both win <laughs> you complete me <laughs> and and i'm thinking there's a huge um cross here between the kitchen witch and the hedge witch there's a an overlap is the word i'm looking for but yeah yeah, go on sorry oh it's okay um i think the last thing i wanted to say on that was uh a hedge witch in particular um views the hearth or hearth as the heart of their practice Mm -hmm. so perhaps they have a strong devotion or connection to hestia the greek goddess of the hearth um And so if you look at the hearth as the heart of the home, that can mean that everyday practices or chores become part of their ritual. So such as sweeping the floor, lighting a fire, lighting candles, brewing a cup of tea, even baking bread. It's all part of their ceremony. I love that. Me too. (laughs) I love that. The sweeping of the floor, I think, is an ancient thing. Um only because and I'm taking my source straight out of Charmed Season 3. Go for it. <laughs> but they went back in time to visit their uh, ancestors, and she had taught them, like, old magic, right? So just using mm-hmm. what's around you, and they had taught them just, like, opening the door and sweeping away the the bad spirits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what's coming to mind. <laughs> but, yeah, back to this wonderful hedge witch, which I am just picturing as having the most awesome kitchen in yes. the world yes right yeah our dream totally kitchen. just being cluttered with vials and corked bottles and you know mismatched mason jars and hanging yeah. herbs and <laughs> flour all over the place pretty rocks and crystals and okay i will finish my fantasy <laughs> right now <laughs> i didn't know this but the term hedge comes from the notion that these practitioners were often shunned to the outskirts of their community hmm yeah so sad yeah and as you can see we've already shown some obvious overlap so let this be a gentle reminder that witches don't neatly fit into these categories right just like people just just like people get me out of this box (laughs) i'm literally in a box by the way right now (laughs) she really is sitting in a box it's i'm in my i'm in my makeshift studio with um with uh, foam panels in it in a box I made myself. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. You there. you kind of made yourself sound like you were in a padded room, but yeah, no, it's much smaller than a room. <laughs> <laughs> they won't give me the key. <laughs> so where are we at? Um, let's Good. let's sort of touch upon the Wiccan witch because okay. how can we talk about witchy characters without mentioning Wicca? Uh, the household name of modern witchcraft. So we're actually going to do a whole episode on Wicca, I'm sure. But I'd like to start by addressing the stereotypes first, because 
Wicca is both a religion and a spiritual practice, and it's, it's not synonymous with paganism. Um, paganism is actually an umbrella term for religions that aren't part of the major world religions, mm-hmm. and they're often um, based on nature worship. Okay. But Wicca itself, um, I mean, it sucks because I feel like pop culture, maybe not, not as much now, but pop culture really rooted Wicca in like the, that dark, gothic, yeah. evilly kind of... Um, kind of uh, image and um it's really it's really not at all in fact it's only law is the which is called the the wiccan read is literally um uh, is it's and ye harm none do what you will which literally means like do whatever you want just don't hurt anyone so it's really um not uh, it has nothing to do with anything dark or evil mm. Someone who is Wiccan follows a nature-oriented religion, having uh, rituals and practices derived from pre-Christian religious beliefs. And the Old English Wicca is also the origin for the word witch. Oh, interesting. I mean, that may be the origin, but these days a witch doesn't have to be Wiccan, right? Which is, yeah, important that we specify. Um, And Wicca as a religion can be traced to 1950s England to a man named Gerald... Brusso Gardner. Which takes us to the Alexandrian and Gardnerian Wiccan traditions. So we recognize that there are way more than just two Wiccan traditions. Um, But let's just talk about these two major ones. Um, So the Gardnerian witchcraft tradition was named after what Katrina, uh, who Katrina just talked about, Gerald Gardner, who basically introduced Wicca to the world I don't think he, he quote-unquote, invented it. He just kind of brought it to everyone's attention. Um, So Gardnerian witchcraft prioritizes ceremony and secrecy. Its rituals and practices are a bit like a secret society, um, i.e. witches are invited into a coven by another witch, and they have to go through three separate initiations before being accepted into the coven of, I believe, it's 13. It's like a sorority. Um, and Alexand- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's very, very secretive. Um, and Alexandrian Wicca is similar to Gardnerian witchcraft or Wicca um, with a few key differences. One of them being, um, well, in Wicca, they they worship, it's, it's dualities, right? So it's the mother goddess and the horn mm-hmm. god. And Alexandrian Wicca, they incorporate the holly king and the oak king into their worship um and alexandrian wicca is not as secretive as gardneria wow that's hard to say gardnerian Mm -hmm. wicca and there is much more it seems there's much more of an emphasis on the witch's personal journey and as i was saying before there are many other forms of wicca but we just don't have time to uh to look at them further next we'll uh let's talk about the celestial or cosmic witch so so fun so juicy i find them all fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too so a cosmic witch will use the planets uh the stars and the celestial celestial well done (laughs) so i i say celestial but you say celestial (laughs) is it a potato potato thing where you don't say this word out loud you write it or you read it anyway oh okay i think i've you know what i'm gonna just Go with what you say. I'm going to just say cosmic. (laughs) Okay, or that. (laughs) And yes, so they will use uh, cosmic energy in their practice. 
they'll work with phases of the moon through rituals, um, which is a common practice in all witchcraft in general. Um, And it's like like making moon water. Like you don't have to be a, a cosmic witch to make moon water. Yeah, so they'll also work with astrological signs and their chart. They'll work with planetary alignments and pay close attention to which planets are aligned, which can also increase a spell or ritual's potency. So are you saying that they're they're more than just the people you go to for your daily horoscope? It's more to it than that? <laughs> Actually, a lot of these, uh, I think a lot of cosmic witches might be able to make um, charts and stuff for people, for sure, if they're really into astrology and that kind of thing. Uh. But I can just imagine that it's it's not the type of horoscope that you'd read on like in like the newspaper or on the back of a Oh magazine. no, that's so that is so generalized. I mean, I think Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun for sure. I used to do it all the time, but these are much more in depth. Okay. Uh, yes. They know their they stuff. They know their stuff. There's, I yeah. mean, like like if I don't know if you've ever like watched an in-depth horoscope for yourself, but the minute they say like the ninth house and the eleventh house, and I'm just like, yeah. what does that mean? And it's it's just hard to comprehend fully. And I think you really have to research it and devote a lot of time to it. Yeah. Okay. So some goddesses associated with the uh, sky or the cosmos, Khonsu, the Egyptian god of the moon. Um, Artemis, the Greek goddess of the hunt, who is often associated with the moon, and her Roman equivalent is Diana. Asteria, the Greek titanic goddess of nocturnal oracles and falling stars. Uh, There's Hecate, the Greek goddess of witchcraft, uh, who is often associated with the moon. Uh, Nyx, the Greek primordial goddess of the night, and her Roman equivalent is Nox. There's Chandra, the Hindu goddess of the moon, and Indra, the Hindu god of the sky. Isn't Nox a character in uh, in Discovery of Witches? That makes perfect sense. He's like me. In the bad guy. Huh. Yeah. Wait, but there are so many bad guys. Yeah, but he's like one of the main bad guys. <laughs> I never I never read book two. Is it in book one? I think it's in book one. I, but yeah, it becomes more prominent for sure, so you might not. There's a lot happening in book one. Oh, yeah, I know. It's such a humongous We're book. definitely going to tag Deborah Harkness in this. And, and I think we're we worshiping should. her from beginning to end. <laughs> so that's yeah. great. I love I love that you pointed these out. Um, so the next one we're speaking about. Want to take it away? Hoodoo. Hoodoo. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's not an episode if you don't break out in song. I know. This is like third time in mm-hmm. a row. Okay, anyway, hoodoo, the hoodoo witch. Uh, hoodoo is also known as conjure or conjuring or root work. Um, and it shouldn't be confused with voodoo, uh, which is a term used often incorrectly to describe one of the many African diaspora religions located in the southern United States, Latin America, the Caribbean, and Brazil. Um, and it should also not be confused with what we often call black or dark magic. It's not, it's not what we're talking about when we say that. There's a lot more to this practice than what we often see so often in Hollywood films. So again, do your research if you are including a hoodoo witch in your book. So at the root of hoodoo is the fundamental importance of ancestry. 
So Huru witches worship their ancestors. And unlike other witchy terms on this list, this one is of un uh, uniquely black origin. And unfortunately, many of its practices have been absorbed or appropriated into quote unquote new age spirituality. Um, for example, eclectic witches might pick and choose spell work from hoodoo without being sensitive or respectful to the really complicated and rich history that comes with it. So again, I'm going to say uh, that hoodoo has an extremely strong focus on ancestry and history and calling upon the ancestors who may have used root work to protect themselves from their slave owners. Um, so I hope I'm getting that right, and I know my explanation is quite oversimplified, but if uh, you are including a hoodoo character in your novel, just please be sure to be considerate and uh, just be well-researched if you're, if you're going down this route. Yeah, do your research. Well said. Uh, if you're, yeah. If your character practices hoodoo, be sure to use this word carefully as well. Do not confuse it with voodoo. Um, and consider the source material. I should also mention that. Consider the source material when you are doing your research. Hoodoo is a folk magic that seems to be focused on practical solutions. So if your character is a hoodoo witch, he or she may be sought for love, protection, and healing spells. Yes, some examples uh are Miss Maybell and Rue in Conjure Woman, Brie mm -hmm. Matthews in Legendborn, uh, Ara, 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 <laughs> in Kingdom of Souls, <laughs> Zaley in Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, I really like that title. A lot. I know anything with blood yeah. and bone. I feel like is yes, is like rich. Uh, yeah, rich, <laughs> just rich. Well, you mentioned eclectic witch, so let's dive into eclectic witch. Um, okay. It's a blend of various types of practices, religions, and philosophies. And it's using everything you love and feel drawn to to suit your lifestyle and your practice. Right. Some eclect And your spirituality, I Yeah, would say. totally. Um, I think a lot yeah. of people might identify with, the, with eclectic witches yeah. these days. They're really... And it's great because you are learning from a lot of different, uh, different practices and religions and, and beliefs. And um, it's, it is important to listen to your to your gut and to your intuition and, and do what feels right for you. Um, so some eclectic witches identify as universalists or neo-pagans. And, okay. Um, okay, well, I took this straight out of Wikipedia, so I just want to read it <laughs> quick. quick. Um, Melissa Harrington states that eclectic pagans do not follow any particular paganism, but follow a pagan religious path that includes the overall pagan ethos of reverence for the ancient gods, a participation in a magical worldview, stewardship, and caring for the earth, um, and nature religion. So uh, the practice of eclectic paganism is particularly popular with pagans in North America and the British Isles. So all that said, there's absolutely no reason to categorize your witchy character. Um, and that's what I love so much about the eclectic witch. It is a mix of, of many traditions and practices. And of course, as Jen said, um, it is important that we're, we're, you're taking into account the background and the, um, the cultural significance if you are lending yes. from different belief systems. So do keep that in mind if right. you are forming a character who, you know, uh, practices a bunch of different cool things. <laughs> so it, yeah 
I guess that's all. Uh, in the end, it's really what the eclectic witch is about is uh, it's what resonates with the person. Right? Yeah. And um, these, I think these different types of witches isn't to um, make you put your witch into a specific box. I think it's just more to show that there's so much more to the word witch than the than maybe what you you think you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I love that you can you can go so much deeper into into what a witch is or what they do and it's it's really not about one witch doing you know brewing potions and uh, like I don't know having a poppet and using that for for personal gain like it's 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 also one dimensional and we're trying to I guess expand on these very different ideas and more modern maybe more modern takes on yeah. witches of today and there's and a lot to the learn. cool thing is that yeah and the cool thing is that there's as you heard there's there's a different there's a spectrum of witchcraft and it's all important so you can a witch can do something as seemingly simple as sweeping the floor or as something as impressive as changing the wind so there's so much you can play with in there and i think which is i think that's very encouraging what do you think i love it well you're asking me i mean i think every one of my <laughs> novels will be about about some sort of witch or <laughs> yeah. i already yeah i'm already very very into the topic so yeah i'm loving all of this and we we can talk for days about it i'm sure but we are running out of time and we yes. just want to say we haven't even gotten into the urban witch the sea witch the fairy witch which is I so know. much fun um, yeah, but we, what we can do is we can include any consulted materials that we looked at. If you want to look more into it, um, uh, in the show notes. Totes. That's what I just wanted to say. <laughs> totes, totes my goat. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, ciao for now, now. That's it, writers, weavers, and magic seekers. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Writing the Broom for all podcast-related goodies including upcoming episodes, witchy content, and our random thoughts. Until next time.